This is a HeadGum Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We listen to Out of Eden, specifically the album, More Than You Know. And we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. You guys wouldn't mind adding a couple inches in my pants. Hey. Hey. Large. This is for me. The nudes come through. Any of that noodle thing left? (laughs) (laughs) I I was thinking about that the other day and kind of hoping it would come back. Oh, man. Our brains line up in a nice way. I was afraid that I would say that before we started (laughs) recording uh, tonight. Uh, I was afraid it would slip out, but it did not. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. We're here to have good Christian fun. That's right. Any of that noodle thing left is, of course, um, Alec Baldwin and It's Complicated. Oh, there's the best line, and he does a little like finger waggle when he does it, and it's it's so good. <laughs> when watching that together, we did rewind that scene 12 times. I think so. <laughs> it made me really happy. Um, so there it is. There it is. Another way of Caroline and I to amuse each other and no one else. <laughs> Um, this is a show where we talk about Christian pop culture. We talk about uh, music and movies and, 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 and art made and by action. Christians. Um, and sometimes the intersection of Christianity with normal culture. <laughs> Do you think in 2020... <laughs> normal culture (laughs) do you think in 2020 what do you think the split's gonna be because i think in 2018 it became about 60 40 70 30 of what we did of what we did on the show oh i don't know so do you think in 2020 when it's like uh uh, who are we gonna do now yeah i think as long as our audience can tolerate it i think we'll always have a pretty even split i mean the ccm register goes deep there's it, pages of this encyclopedia we haven't touched it yet. goes deep yeah uh, caroline and i have matching ccm encyclopedias that we just kind of thumb through every now and again it could also double as a child's booster seat that's how big it is it is enormous well if i'm being honest sometimes i feel afraid to do music stuff because i feel like you get bored with it me yeah sometimes oh, i'm like no, no, no. oh i'd like to do that band but then i don't want caroline to just be like oh, who like i don't care about oh don't ever worry about that I'll find something interesting every time. Okay, great. But that's considerate. All music all the time. Well, I will say, this is our first music episode in a while. Yeah. We've been doing mostly movie episodes for all of 2019 thus far, mm-hmm. save for a few uh, Hunt for the Best or Worst Song of All Time. Uh, so it's nice to kind of get back in the groove. Oh, yeah. yeah, we didn't finish the disclaimer. We're not here to make you go to church. We're not here to proselytize to you. We're not here to bash you or mock you either. We're just here to have fun. This is a special sort of episode for you. After the seminal episode 69 that we did last week. Thank you. Very nice. This is episode 70. And we decided to go no guest. 
for this one. Yeah, it's just you and me. Not because it's a drag to have to book someone every week and force <laughs> them to do some stuff. To schedule. <laughs> and sometimes people are barely into it, as I'm sure you could tell from previous episodes of this oh, podcast. No, they're all into it. They're all into it. But this was a, we need to, much like for him, we need to get back to the basics That's of right. life. And the very first episode of this show. Our cornerstone. Our corner, Christ the Lord cornerstone. The very first episode of this show was Katy Perry, and that was just us. That was just you and me, mm-hmm. or Katie Hudson, I should say. By the way, on on her Instagram story, she was posting old Katie Hudson merch. She was? She was. She was going through like boxes of stuff with her parents, uh. I assume, up in Santa Barbara, and she was like, can you believe this? I missed that. Good thing I'm doing super dignified, aging really well stuff like Witness. <laughs> Not this dumb Katie Hudson. Yeah, this stuff. stuff is dumb. I that came up on uh, Twitter too because people were posting like, "What's the concert you saw before someone was really famous?" And a lot of people were posting about their Katie Hudson experience. Yeah, and I was like, "This is old news." Yeah, it's a small group of us, but some of us were there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that Katie Hudson episode, we wanted to do a kind of uh, getting back to the basics episode with something that meant. A lot in Caroline's life yeah. in adolescence growing up. Uh, so no guests, no guests to infringe upon that journey <laughs> with us tonight. No one to say like, so why do you really believe? Can you uh, explain it in specifics that isn't oh. just like vague nonsense yeah. that you can change at I the just, spur like, of the moment? I don't like my family. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just don't like my family. <laughs> that reminds me of a couple emails we got today saying, hey, this person's guestimony was really meaningful to me. Oh, that I, I joke, but truly is that is one of my favorite parts. No, of the no, show. no. You think it's stupid. I think so. So in lieu of a guest, and in lieu of a guestimony, we're gonna start with some with a kind of in that like we did in the Travis McElroy episode we recently did with the hunt for the best Christian song of all time, in which I think I inordinately got my feelings hurt that you guys didn't like my deliverer as much as I did. <laughs> Were you like a little stung on the way home? Uh no, not really. Sorry. But then it's like who cares? I was just like I just had memories of like jamming to it on the treadmill <laughs> like yeah my deliver this oh, friggin rocks i'm so sorry well if it makes you feel any better i'm feeling the same way about this album like i don't know how oh. you're gonna feel about it and i'm a little nervous but yeah we'll start off with the discussion question but before we get into that let's do something that we don't usually have the space for on this show anymore let's check in how's your heart you go first well i'm glad you asked Uh-oh. <laughs> No, my heart's pretty good. Yeah. I, f- I feel uh, a lot less crazy in 2019. I think a lot of it has to do with journaling and yeah, stuff. really? Well, and I told you a couple episodes ago, I think on uh, on one of our second service episodes, I wanted to like fail more. That was one of my resolutions for yeah. 2019. Or maybe that was off my, I don't remember. Yeah. Is Meaning any- kind of like put yourself out for things that you don't. You're not sure, like a slam dunk. Yeah. Whether they be friend things or career things. I meant, holi- yeah, holistically, professionally, and personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the ways that it's manifested itself is a lot of personal asks from people like, hey, do you want to get lunch and stuff? And it's very rarely that I've gotten absolutely shot down mm. or ignored. So, so far, it seems to have paid off. Do you feel like it's helped rewire your brain yet to be like, oh, the, uh, the fear that I have that I will be rejected is not always true. Uh, no. I think that'll help. It'll be helped by that when those things actually happen. Oh, okay. When I'm actually like more in the mix with people and, and taking those chances. And then otherwise, uh, 
still recovering from a couple days ago when we recorded episode 69. <laughs> I did kind of go on vocal rest yesterday. Yeah, to- that's right. Were you like a vow of silence? Yeah, no, just like vocal rest. Like basically didn't try to talk to too many people yesterday. And when I did, tried not to talk too much. And Well, you're sounding melodic now. I mean, it's kind of rough. Like that episode and even the episode that that will have come out uh, after that, our our second service episode, The Honest Bible Study. I was listening. My voice sounds rough. (laughs) You sound like you're about to cry when your voice is like a little Isn't that funny? Uh Yeah, it's like, so, so, Uh, it's like, like uh, yeah. (laughs) There's like, sometimes there's too much air and sometimes there's too much muscle. And uh, yeah, I think I go too much muscle as far as like it wasn't. uh, It wasn't irritating to listen to, if that makes you feel any better. Thank you. You listen to it? You listen to our own podcast yeah yeah i do sometimes to make sure what are you hoping to find when you do that honestly most of the time i'm just doing it to remember what did i say (laughs) yeah to remember what we talked about and to uh almost match it against my memory of what happened sure of, of whether um I don't know whether I was like as unfunny as I thought I was oh, or as on. funny as I thought I was, that well, kind of thing. I'll ask this. Is there something that's, I won't ask the opposite way, but has there anything <laughs> that's been pleasantly surprising in the re-listen of like, oh no, this turned out great. What was I worried about? I think, well, and I think it's partly due to your kind editing hand, but I think sometimes I'm a little more articulate than I thought I was. Um, and then sometimes I think I, I interrupt people more than I thought I was doing. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's hard because sometimes interrupting can be a sign actually that you're listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, because it's a sign that you're present. Like I just interrupted you. No, no <laughs> right and now. I interrupted you. And I think it um, it works well when you're uh, talking with someone in conversation, but listening back, like as a person trying to listen to an interview, you kind of just wish the interviewee could just talk at length with, with and just finish their thoughts sometimes. And there's so, and so many verbal ticks. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, nonverbal uh, cues and ticks where it's like, I'm allowing you to speak now or I want to speak now when mm-hmm. like that natural ping pong you lose in the listen. Yeah. I wonder I, if we sound like rude jerks. <laughs> I know. I wonder that too. And I think sometimes when people are sitting talking to me and I'm just silently nodding, it kind of just looks like I'm bored. And so I want to jump in just, you, you know, those kind of things. Anyway. so That's that's one thing I've had to beat out of myself in the sense of of listening on mic. Because usually when I listen in person and off mic, I say, yeah, totally. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just did it. And then, but doing that on mic, it just sounds strange sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, you don't hear, you don't hear Terry Gross being like, yeah, totally, <laughs> like every five seconds talking it's to so the people It's so funny you brought her to. up because I was just thinking of Terry really? Gross when I was thinking about good interviewing and how she doesn't do a lot of those verbal affirmations as she's listening to their subject i think their the discussion sounds a little drier as a result of that but it does uh make for a better listening experience i think there's two things with that too it's also because she's never in the room with the other person oh right she's never there that does change she's things. always in her little baltimore or wherever she lives yeah so yeah by the way i'm workshopping a new character oh okay. tell me what you think it's not so fresh air I'm Terry Very Gross. <laughs> what do you think? I think you could just call her Very Gross. Very Gross. <laughs> it's not so fresh air. <laughs> I'm Very Gross. 
That's a good pun, Shep. Thank you. Really good. That was a really good joke. How's your heart? <laughs> um, good. I'm glad you talked for a little while because I was bringing things to mind. I uh, I think I'm doing well. Where um, I set some goals for myself with uh, well, one that's been kind of relevant is with travel. One of my goals is if I go on trips to not get so frustrated, like in the transit part of the trip that feels like we're wasting time or we're biding our time till we get to the destination. Mm-hmm. And so I'm frustrated that anything would go wrong or get delayed or whatever. And to not make planning the best part of the trip, because I actually really love planning trips and mm-hmm. researching and finding cool places to be. Uh, but sometimes just from being imaginative, I think I get more caught up in like the fantasy of what the trip will be like. And then when I'm there, you have to fill in the time with talking and thinking, you know, or doing something. Or you can't just exist in the space the way you would in your imagination. So, um, I haven't really experienced in the couple of times we've traveled long distances. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced too much incompatibility with our traveling styles. Where it's like, oh, Caroline's kind of pissed right now. At least traveling oh. for the podcast. Yeah, I feel like our travel time together is, is pretty fun, actually. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm going on a trip in a week and then a trip in. Yeah, September to Ireland and London. Hi, Titi. This is how I find out on the podcast. Oh, I thought I told you about that. Okay. Well, I'm going there. <laughs> we kind of just booked the flights and everything, so I finally got it all. Like, it's real now. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, by the way, if we have any listeners who live there and have, like, great recommendations for the, like, Killarney west side of Ireland or London, send them my way. I'd love to see those. Be my travel guide. I'm also really curious, like, what tourist things we should skip and what things we should go on this podcast has turned into my personal assistant now yeah this is basically <laughs> and if you can help me hook up a rental car that would like help a lot hey caroline tours. this is not a task rabbit hotline <laughs> i don't know what you think this is but you're not in a customer service i'll shout you out on my instagram so okay um so i've been thinking about that a lot and oh and then nate and i are gonna do like a little weekender in a couple weeks. I did text you about that. Oh, yeah, but you didn't tell me where. You I didn't just tell gave you me the was. dates. Yeah, like you I'm just a said, secret I'm agent. Gone. I know, you didn't say where. I'm sorry. Usually friends say, hey, we're going here, but you just said, I'm out February 22nd through 24th. Um, we're going We're going to go on like a little cabin trip. So I'm looking forward to those things and I think about them a lot, like just on my day to day or if I'm at work and I'm feeling like, frustrated with something it's a nice little escape and I go start looking up you know restaurants in London or whatever and I think it's also kind of translating into just life's general frustrations and trying to be um the kind of person that isn't trying to skip through those but just absorb them as part of everything it's really hard to not deny what you're feeling and feel it totally then but then be able to move on because yeah. I feel like uh oftentimes especially when it's frustrating or it's a negative feeling you resist the feeling but then that resistance comes at the cost of like what would have been like an unpleasant hour of you feeling that way turns into three days or something yeah. where it's like because you point. resisted it it's like just Give yourself over to that in the sense of like, I'm not going to deny how I'm feeling, but I'm going to acknowledge it and then that'll help me move on. Yeah. And I think um, journaling probably helps with that too, at least just getting the vague feeling out of your head and just writing down, oh, this is all it is. Okay. I can move on from it now. Like it was just this. It really demystifies the pain to put it down like, I'm mad because, and then it's like, oh, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Why am I mad? (laughs) Right. Yeah. This was so small in the scheme of things. Okay, good. Yeah. Little traveler's heart. Little traveler's heart. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So we got some discussion questions from you, the listener on Twitter. Thank you for the questions. 
I have a few, and if they don't yield enough conversational fruit, we can pivot. The last one, our last question with Travis I thought was so good, which is like, what's the most embarrassing thing you ever prayed for? You have a memory of that. That was a for. great one, yeah. Uh, we, we got a few good ones here. Uh, Jennifer asks, the constant youth group argument trump card, colon, does God really love Hitler the same amount he loves us? <laughs> now I didn't. I I don't recall this Trump card happening in youth group. Um, I remember a similar one, which was, "Does God love Satan?" Does God love Satan? Which I think a lot of people just equate those two as like a theoretical question person. But if, you know, in that sense, if he loves Satan or Hitler, doesn't it feel kind of like a condescending love, like? Hey, you big screw up. I still love you. <laughs> like he's giving him a noogie. Oh, man. I remember this guy, this like big jock guy in our high school who did both theater and still did football at the same time. So he's like literally captain of the football team and he would do theater stuff. And one of the like one of the ways he would express, and I think I think a lot of girls and guys do this in high school is he would be like, oh, I love you. You're one of my favorites. Oh, like he would say it like that. Like, oh, what an honor. Thank you, <laughs> dear Bryce. Thank That's you. That's kind of big in high school. I, I feel like only really cool people threw around. I love you. I love you. Yeah, like I love it was your a face. casual things to say. I miss your face. Yeah, I guess so. I miss your face. Um, but yeah, I feel like that that's what God's love. If he did have any for Hitler or Satan or similar figures. Yeah, or like, like does he have the capacity to love something so evil? I remember thinking about this too of why when you'd really consider like God loving Satan, then it really forces you to question, like, why would we ever question if God would love Satan? Why is there something so depraved that it's, like, unlovable by God, who we've described over and over as the Mm -hmm. most loving and, like, endless grace? And so I think that, yeah, it really really highlights a mindset you have about who is irredeemable and who's, who's redeemable. Well, I think it just makes God's love feel so requisite and so much less personal. Like, yeah, I love Satan because Satan is a fallen angel, and yes, I love everybody. So, yeah. or like, or like, if, uh, like a specifically a Hitler question or something where it's like, well, Hitler, you know, before he made bad choices, had the capacity for good, and then he just wasn't. But if you affirm all of humanity's dignity, then you can't. Uh, take that away from horrific figures, mm-hmm. even though what they turn into is so far from what is good. So, I mean, I guess you have to say yes, but then just in in those cases, I'm not comforted by the idea of like, isn't it cool that a God loves a wretch like Hitler as much as you? And it's like, yeah, no. it's like, that's not cool. I want him to love me more. Right. I'm better than Hitler. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm better than Hitler. Wow, Kevin. I don't care who. No, I've been cut telling this you this out. for weeks. No, I'm not going to cut it out. I'll cut out something <laughs> problematic you say later. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, yeah, it either it gives you two options of how God loves, like either God loves in sort of this empty perfunctory fa- mm-hmm. fashion, like you mentioned, like he has to because he just, he just exists, you know, mm-hmm. and God made him. So he has to, or does God love Hitler on a personal level? And mm-hmm. what he did, um, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it, it doesn't matter when it comes to his humanity and his existence and his love. I liked opting for the latter because it forces us to, get better at, at even loving the people who are like evil basically and trying to remember our shared humanity with everyone. 
and it, it's it Hitler's such an extreme, but I think there's plenty of people in in the middle that we love to villainize or we love to make a scapegoat or whatever. And it's very difficult to let's even just use like Trump for an example, who probably most of his actions you disagree with. You probably think his character is like real doo doo, but can you find it within yourself to love him too? And that really forces, I think. A, can I? No. <laughs> it kind of forces a much more um, uh, difficult but compassionate position that you have to take of like, how do I separate someone's actions or their their consequences from also the fact that like, I do believe that everyone has a soul and everyone deserves a chance. Well, and I guess this is what sucks about a lot of modern discourse with this stuff is because so many people make their platform or their whole thing or one of the central tenets of their belief system sort of devaluing people Mm -hmm. and and really taking away people's dignity, whether it's through like um, specific, uh, almost tactical legislation Mm -hmm. or through like broad rhetorical strokes of like, that's a big thing with a lot of people is taking away the humanity of a certain ethnic group or certain people of a certain sexual orientation or who identify in a different way is like, it's really just like devaluing that. Uh, And I think because that's such a big, broad part of that platform, it's really hard not to, in a reverse sort of way, do the same. Where it's like, oh, you believe a shitty thing. You're not a human anymore. I don't think you're a human anymore because that's what I I really do want to believe that. I just don't want to be like, okay, why did the guy in the Rust Belt vote a certain, you know, like, in, and I just want to be like, nah, you're not a human, bye. And especially, and I think especially for the people who are more targets of it than we are, of like that dehumanizing and that devaluing. Yeah. Of course I would want to do, and it's so hard to say like technically in some sense, even if the other person will not acknowledge it in you, that you acknowledge in them, there's humanity in there, even if what it's twisted into now is so bitter and broken Mm -hmm. and kind of evil now, like you're kind of an evil person, but you're still a person. So working within that context, I don't know, like, but I think the war of like everyone devaluing each other into like, like making that a zero sum game isn't going to be helpful in the long run. And it's hard, you know, and again, this is a privileged position to say like, Oh, well, you know, just find their value. And I'm not even saying like find their value, but I think it's just hard. It's hard for me, for the people I don't like in my life or used to be in my life to be like, no, okay, well I should try to see it from your, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think, if you have like a mild case, it doesn't mean um, allowing anything to happen or, or, you know, approving of their actions or whatever. But in an extreme case, it does. Uh, I don't know. It's something I've been I'm trying to be better at, too, because as soon as you start denying that someone's a human or that they're allowed to be existing, whatever, that's the that's like the first step to being like, well, I could kill them. You know, I could kill him and it'd be better, actually. Yeah, it actually and that's allowed. Matter. And that's, you know, like the mentality a soldier has to get into or that's the mentality that people get. And I think when there's like really bad dehumanization, us from a liberal standpoint, we think we had to like fight back and then dehumanize also the conservative people and decide, I don't know, now I'm becoming like 
I don't know. I know what you're saying. You know well, what I'm saying? I'm yeah. just saying like well, I had a conversation with remembering with... that <laughs> I don't get to decide who dies is really important. And remembering that that hate is the beginning of that kind of thinking. And I don't want to go there. And if I want to demand humanity for myself or people that are less privileged, then I have to also offer that to the to the people who I would consider like enemies. It's not a fun game. And I don't even think it's a game that'll work in the long run in te- in the technicals of like you're gonna win right but i think it's just so important to cling on to it i remember talking to two people who are not christians about that someone brought up something about like uh, someone said something about like wanting to kill bin laden mm-hmm. in this group and and the the people were like well i don't think you should want to kill anybody yeah. like no one should deserve to Especially if we feel the way we feel. So I feel like, uh, yeah, that's just like a real, uh, I hate the slippery slope argument, but it's like, if Bin Laden, if it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you, Bin Laden. Yeah, if that's allowed, then now we've put our position, ourselves in the position to decide like the scale of who was depraved or not. Mm -hmm. And that can get real personal real quick. You know, I can decide that Bin Laden is as bad as my neighbor that won't let me park on her curb. And I want to kill her. <laughs> hey, shouts out to your neighbor. <laughs> a real scenario that Caroline did not make real, up. Yeah, she made me really mad. She left me a lot of notes on my window. Which she is left me my... a note on my window one time. Yeah, that's right. I told you about that. She's like, you didn't pull up far enough. Oh, it was one and of her my penmanship was very good. Peeve. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And I was mad People about leaving it. little tiny notes is like makes me feel psycho like it's honestly a microaggression (laughs) and i'm not here for it yeah but anyway so uh remembering someone's humanity and and not like so coming back to our original question now could god love satan can god recognize you were or you are a part of my thing also this reminds me i was just listening to this american life and they did a whole episode on satan because it was their 666 episode (laughs) and uh it was really good and they they talked about um the origin of satan with this woman who's a professor at princeton and wrote a book about it and how the the original satan in the old testament wasn't really like lucifer like he wasn't the active aggressor against god he was just one of his employees basically Mm -hmm. whose job was to be kind of the the pushback of like well let me argue this part you know or something did she talk about what megan o'giblin was talking about how like lucifer satan beelzebub all kind of yes kind of congealed and they were all into different. the same thing but yeah they were all different. Okay. she did talk about that yeah and so it's funny that we're talking about this today just remembering that like satan depending on your reading of the bible isn't even what we think he is like he's not the equivalent of spiritual hitler or whatever mm-hmm. He could be nothing or he could be an angel that's still around or something. Yeah. And I guess loving someone doesn't mean you love what they do. Like, obviously, it doesn't mean like a, a condoning embrace of. Yeah. That's one type of love is a condoning embrace. You sure, know? sure, sure, sure. No, and there's, but there is a kind of love where it's just like, I love you because you're, uh, you're also a fellow human with me. Uh, I want to, you know, my instinct right now is to say... Which feels like the bare minimum, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> but my, my instinct right now is to say, like, the interesting thing about Christianity is that it is, that it, that it was and still is countercultural, the idea of actually loving your enemies, and that's what Jesus was talking about. But yeah. I'm not 100% sure that it's, <laughs> that it's, obviously it's not unique to Christianity, but I, I don't know if that's like... Um, I guess what I'm saying is like in in the terms of like religious conversation stuff. I don't know if it's like an idea that started in Christianity, so we were there first. But uh, but it is a 
countercultural. Yeah, it's it's meant to be like a central thing. And maybe that doesn't come out in the way that cr- Christians like act culturally a lot yeah. of the time, but it is supposed to be part of the the way you think of God and the way you worship. Can you imagine and saying... it's a good one. I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, imagine saying I love you to Bill Cosby. Yeah. It's like, no. I don't I think I could muster no. it up. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but it, I also don't want Bill Cosby to like rot in a vat of acid or whatever for what he's done. I'd like him to go to jail and stay there mm. and be fed. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> just how be, well. be separated from, from causing more harm. I think that's like the most loving thing I can do for both him and everyone else in mm-hmm. life, you know? We're not, none of us are going to be in a position to say, I love you to Bill Cosby. <laughs> I hope not. Please get out of there if you are in a position to well, Unless to you're do working that. in the prison, then please remain at your post. Yeah, no, do your job, sir <laughs> or ma'am. Uh, and, uh, but I think the situation we are more confronted with is like, I feel like sometimes that we're in a position to be burnt by friendships by family members over and over again and putting ourselves out there and then just feeling like either nothing in return or uh, f- but with negative feelings mm-hmm. in return. And that's like a really painful thing. And, you know, going back to that one relationship that we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, back in whenever it was, I put myself in that position with it a lot. And I was like, I think I'm okay taking it it. But then I wasn't, and yeah. it, it just like it started to be self harm. Yeah, because it's like I feel b- like I feel bad. Like this is actually holistic. This is bad for me in a tangible, material sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop putting myself in this position to be hurt and to be shamed and condemned. But up until that point, I was okay with it, and me breaking that friendship and s- still not talking to this person to this day, it doesn't negate my love for the person Mm -hmm. and it doesn't negate like even my hope or optimism for that person's trajectory or whatever. I don't, I don't even know, but removing myself from that situation doesn't indicate that I don't love. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it can it can feel counterintuitive, especially with a friend, you know, because you feel like love means loyalty no matter what. Yeah. And but sometimes I guess like in your case, if the if that love your friend in that way, in that active, like engaged face to face way came at the cost of love for yourself, then that's where there was like that disconnect too. Yeah, and not even love for myself, but it was just like well, I, I mean, I guess like a, a sense of self worth, which then affects others, affects my ability to be a person in the world. So yeah. But yeah, it's a ripple effect. So so I think sometimes like kind of getting disappointed by people is a really optimistic thing because it's like you you keep putting yourself in a position to be disappointed by them mm-hmm. because you expect something good from them. And if they don't deliver, then I don't know. There's something beautiful about, I, I still think there's something beautiful about the idea of like people letting you down because that means you had a hope for them that they could let you down. Where sometimes I think I take myself out of situations in which a person could let me down. Mm-hmm. So then I expect nothing, which is a super cynical way to live too. Right. Uh, which I don't want to do that. Not like I want to burden all the people in my life with like, well, I hope you measure up today. Yeah. But but just in the sense of like, uh, to borrow an Aaron Sorkin quote, I'll say, I think more and more we come to expect less and less from each other. When I think it's okay, sometimes it's good to expect more 
from、mm. each other. And especially with these friendships where it's like you feel like, you know, maybe things are set in your ways with your parents or your family in a way that's like unshakable, unbreakable. And it's like it would almost like violate the bond to go any other way. But, but with friends, I think sometimes, sometimes it's unpleasant to expect more from each other. Sometimes it's been unpleasant for me and you、mm-hmm. to expect more from each other.、Mm-hmm. But then, if you can see it through and, and there's actual love and trust and respect there, I think oftentimes the other end of that process is really valuable and worth it. Yeah, if you can get to the point, and that person is also meeting you there too, you know, it can't be a one way street. But when you stop maybe underestimating what they're going to do or what they can do,、mm-hmm. and Estimating or overestimating, then it can be,、uh, yeah, you forget like how delightful that can be and healing that can be rather than just ending because I'm going to underestimate them and they're not going to make me. So I'm just not going to like let it open, you know? Yeah. yeah but I think you've had both, both scenarios where like there was healing and there was change. And then you've had scenarios where there wasn't healing and there wasn't change and that wasn't supposed to stay in your life. And so that's okay.、Mm-hmm. And there's no guilt there. And it's not like you're failing your faith. Or your principles of love or anything. Yeah. Now, if you went and mailed that person a bag of poo, that would be, I think, maybe serving the Dark Lord. Did somebody say my name? <laughs> oh, bother. Is someone mailing a bag of me? A bag of. Oh, no. What happened? Did someone to cut me up in a million little pieces? A bag of poo. Oh, I don't know if I've told you. I'm kind of a freak about that stuff. He likes it. I'm into stuff these days. Oh. What? You said to never sexualize a sweet bear. I said to never sexualize a certain sweet bear. I, <laughs> listen, Brother Bear and Bernstein Bears is not off limits. Friggin' He's、uh, a child. He is <laughs> off limits. Rupert from Nick Jr. is、These、not off limits. These are underage bears. <laughs> no, I'm not saying when they're children, I'm saying when they grow up. <laughs> Okay, so this is what they're like in a husky, older bear scenario. Yeah, it's like, it's like that uncomfortable feeling you have. Well, let me see if. <laughs> oh, God. When, you,、uh, when you're a child and you see another child in like a movie, like if you're a 12 year old and you see a 12 year old in a movie and you're like, oh, she's cute. But then you watch that movie when you're like, 30. Yeah, and you remember being. You have the memory、12. of the attraction to this 12 year old, but it's like, I'm 30.、That. But then they're 30 now, too. <laughs> and the math gets real complicated. The 12 of them is pretty nice. <laughs> That's the sweet spot. <laughs> oh, in short, we,、uh, we all should love, we should all love Hitler. I agree. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back with more good Christian fun. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, What's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun, Caroline. Yeah, Kev. It's just me and you. Let's dive in together holding hands. Sploosh. Whoa, that wasn't the water. (laughs) Do you think that's what the... Wait, hang on. Do you think sploosh is an onomatopoeia? That it is what... That it... No. Listen. No. Who's having a lot of bone time here? Uh, you, Me. as far as you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there are things we don't Kevin. talk about. No. no, I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin forever. <laughs> That's what the audience <laughs> needs to believe. All right. Out of Eden. It's your business. Out of Eden. Sploosh lady. <laughs> Give me a break. Wait, we haven't even gotten to the song. Nope. (laughs) Out of Eden uh, is a great band. A band. They're a band. They're a a girl group. They're a band the way Plus One is a band or Jump Five is a band. Yeah, I don't know if they're like... 18s are Do you feel like you don't get called a band if none of your members play an instrument at concerts? I mean, I think you get called a group more than a band unless there's the prefix of whatever the gender is. So you're a girl band. Okay. Like a boy band. Okay. Which um, might sound a little condescending. But yeah, right. but these gals are great. It's three sisters. Talking Lisa, talking Andrea, talking Danielle. That's in order of age. Three actual sisters. Three actual sisters. We're not just white, out of touch people. <laughs> no, like and sisters. I, I sometimes like with these groups, you know, you get one person that's a cousin, you know, or one person is like their friend they grew up with and mm-hmm. like a sister. These are three actual sisters yeah. and i love that and yeah it's not like the jump five kids where they're all genetically designed in a lab somewhere <laughs> to sing together you could tell some dixie kong <laughs> dna got mixed in there um <laughs> but out of eden okay so my personal experience with it mm-hmm. this one this may be the only artist we do where you have a little more experience with it than yeah, i do i know it feels so good i remember my sister having at least one of their albums and it being this one the one that we're talking about more than you <laughs> Kevin, just say it more than you know you said more than you load <laughs> i say more than you load more than your load <laughs> it's it's their second album it's the one where you know they kind of rebranded themselves as like a spice girls operation after right. coming out with a debut album that was more TLC inflected. Yeah. And this is a little bit of that, but it's a lot of Spice Girls, and especially with the aesthetics and whatnot. And uh, and they would continue to have a bunch of albums after this until 2006 when they broke up. Mm-hmm. And when they started in... 94. 94, thank you. Yeah, so they were active for a good amount of time. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was a long time. But my only experience with it is that, yeah, my sister, I think, had this CD. I don't remember listening to any of this. Did I remember it listening. ring a bell? No, oh, I okay. remember listening to Nicole C. Mullen more than out of Eden. Okay. As far as like, that was the family jam a lot. Uh, what about for you? So I think we've talked about it on the show before. A little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is one of the very rare bands that crossed over into my timeline <laughs> in my world. Yeah. And um, this was my very first concert way back when. And I was texting my sister about it because we actually went to this concert together 
when we lived in Michigan. Do you know the year? It was either 98 or 99. Okay. I want to say it was 98 because I remember feeling really little, like Mm -hmm. really young. So I was eight years old, I think. Okay. And my sister would have been 14 or so. They came to our, came to a church, I think, in Michigan, and it was really small. And they were just amazing. I remember being blown away by their their showmanship. And Genevieve just reminded me they were all wearing lavender bell bottoms, which is just an amazing look. I remember looking for bell bottom pants when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, Yeah. I was like, it looks cool. Uh Yeah. Like I don't know why. Maybe it was an old Navy ads or something. They were big for a while. I don't think Girl. anyone looks good in them. No, 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 no. They, they make your body look weird. So when you saw the concert, one, what was the vibe? And then two, were there any musicians on stage? I'll tell you what I remember. I remember not being able to see them very well. Because remember, i Did a so trauma small. happen at this concert <laughs> that you're blocking out? Maybe. Like they all shamed you when yeah. pointed at your body or something? I don't something? know. That, I think that is what happened. They were oh like, are Lord. you not wearing bell bottoms? Um, and then... More than you know. Um, I, I remember crying really hard because... I was really moved by the concert and it was really spiritual for me as a mm-hmm. little kid. And I remember sitting at the floor, I think after the concert with my sister and her friend and I couldn't stop crying. And I I was trying to say like, I'm not sad. I just feel something and I don't know what it is, but it's just like really big. And I think it's, I don't know, God. And they were so sweet and were like right there with me and talking me through. And I think they were, you know, like, pulling all their Christian knowledge into that moment. (laughs) I think they prayed with me and talked about it. But Out of Eden was like the first spiritual experience I can remember in my life. Yeah, like one of those church camp mountaintop, like, I need to get my life together for him. Yes, big time. And I I remember not even fully understanding what they were trying to tell me or like the theology they were explaining. I just remember thinking like, this is big. This is holy stuff. This is God stuff. And it's really hitting me. And I'm like really happy that it's hitting me because yeah. there's so many times as a kid where you just don't understand and you feel like you should. And so that was out of Eden. <laughs> and then we had their CD and we listened to it a lot. This so one. then this particular one. Yeah. yeah. And I think, of course, their branding appealed to me. They were they were Spice Girls for a while. They had a lot of all white outfits and they were hanging out in like white spaces with a cool chair. Yeah. <laughs> and they're more than you know <laughs> one cool chair one cool chair or then like primary colors and they all kind of match and so they were kind of TLC they were kind of Destiny's Child and then I think they toured with them later but anyway and so that was just a blip and then I kind of I think by the time I was nine or ten forgot about it that, until we started this podcast <laughs> oh my gosh well I think speaking to that experience that's such a kind of confusing interesting thing because there's so much of people's spiritual lives, whether it's Christian or not, that like obviously is transcendent and beyond words and beyond like your own literal understanding or comprehension of it. And and that happens a lot of times with music, when music hits you a certain totally. way. When yeah, it's like, and you're in a group and there's like a lot of pounding feelings and like sound and yeah. Yeah, like people hit certain notes that make you cry. And then when that gets wrapped up in like the mystery of God, like when you describe that to me, my uh, my initial gut reaction is like, I'm kind of scared uh-huh. of what you're talking about. Like it's so loaded because it's like, 
you're just a kid. Like, you don't know what you're doing. But then at the same time, it's like, you're just a kid. So you have like the open heartedness of a child to like deeper realities of the world. Yeah. So maybe you get that got tapped into, but it's just like something about that. Like those visceral reactions are very frightening to me, even now as an adult. Yeah. No, I totally understand. I feel the same way about my own experience (laughs) because it, uh, like you said, I didn't have any of the cynicism or even like the intellectual baggage that I did as an older person when this happened to me. But it's so easy also for me to sit in this position and explain like, well, there's a lot of psychological stuff going in that situation. And, you know, at that point, I already knew a lot about Christianity and I knew how I was supposed to react in this situation. So how much of that was environmental? I remember at the time it it not being like an extremely pleasant experience, if that makes sense. Like it was kind of like overwhelming a little bit and it kind of was both exciting of like, oh, something clicked in and I got it. And then also I don't understand this and this is like a lot. Yeah, well, sometimes when you have kind of a crying fit as an adult, it feels so good because so much of your life is occupied by keeping whatever those impulses (laughs) or instincts are at bait yeah yeah. and but when you're a kid it's just like okay more unpleasantness i'm in pain right now like whatever (laughs) it is yeah Yeah, that's that's very overwhelming it was overwhelming i'm spooked by that safe too because i'm at a girl band concert i'm with my sister who i love and i there is no one to this day who's cooler than my sister in my mind and so it was it I think it was just all around like a big a big experience and it's probably why it's so visceral still in my mind of being like I'm out with my sister I'm with her friend this is cool I'm at the thing that they would do it's also god stuff and bell bottom lavender sparkly lot of lights I'm in here I get it I'm part of it I'm too small <laughs> <laughs> like all those things at the same time so I I always have a sweet spot for out of eden and I it's so strange now looking at who they were and when I was doing the research of their whole context and I think I kind of caught them when they were at a big moment in their careers too and this album was pretty big for them. Mm -hmm. I think it was their third album that sold the most out of all their stuff but yeah yeah, this was like cresting the peak because kind of their origin was Toby Mac of DC Talk fame kind of discovered them and put them on their free at last tour one of our first episodes we did dc talks tour as backup dancers and then kind of shepherded them and started a record label called goatee records which still exists to this day but he started according to sources primarily as a launching pad for them so we have out of eden to thank for all the beauty that goatee records has pumped into the world Yeah, I think of Goatee Records primarily as a beauty pumper <laughs> when when you really get down to it. But again, it just goes to show how incestuous this world of yeah, CCM stuff that, is. But that shocked me. I, I like... I think uh, for a long time, I just thought they were this weird small town band that I happened to see in Michigan one time. Oh, yeah, because your conception of the world is like, what? You, so you, small. Yeah. yeah. And also, no one's going to bring it up except other Christians who would know about them. So it just seemed like my own thing for a while. I can't imagine what 
like I'm trying to remember how big things felt before you could just get on the internet and read a read a Wikipedia article about everything. Mm-hmm. But you going to this concert, it's like there's these girls and they're cool and I'm connecting with them and they're there and they're gone. And the only way you access them is through a CD. Yeah. And I can just be like beep beep boop boop and yeah, then just and that's find the only out memory everything. I have of them too. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I couldn't find them on the web. I didn't have any photos with them or anything. Like it was mm-hmm. just the C D. You didn't have their instant messenger screen names. You couldn't see what no, away message Danielle their, was putting up or their Instagram, which they currently are still on and they they're are. still singing together as sisters and it was really cute. And yeah, so it's funny to now like like catch all up on the rest of their career that happened after that. Yeah, I, I want to play their... Uh, Out of Eden is really something that happened to me. <laughs> yeah, that's your primary uh, <laughs> experience with it. Out of Eden is about you. So the first track on their first album is a Bill Withers cover. That's pretty good. It was kind of their opener for a long time. Was it really? Yeah, this was how they'd start their concerts. I would probably start like this. It's great. It's acapella. Should we start our live podcast shows like this? Aww. But we're like super out of key. But no we tell one's singing people, the melody. <laughs> we're us. harmonizing in two separate dissonant keys. Put your hands up. Put your hands fun. up and then we're clapping off huh? feet. Okay. Okay. Here, here we go. Go. Here, yeah. All right. Yeah. People probably know this song. Lovely day. Yeah, uh, you get it. When I wake up in the morning, Lord. Yeah, and they um, so they didn't want to be singers originally, but their mom was a singer and was a um like a choir director for a while for a choir group I think called the Jubilee Singers, and her mom and their mom was kind of their Tina Knowles, who was like, "You're gonna be singers, your sisters." Yeah. Oh, you're I was trying to this. think of Whitney Houston's Let's mom's name too. Yeah, because yes. it reminded me of that too. <laughs> yeah, and, and they say that in interviews. They're like, "We didn't want to do this." Yeah. In fact, let's play. There's a little clip in one of the interviews where they talk about what they would have been. And it's kind of like a bummer because so in 830 of that. Last oh, video, yeah. OK, we'll play this clip. Caroline, bookmark the clippies. If, if God wouldn't have blessed you with the gift to be able to sing, you know, to be able to dance and do whatever y'all do, Uh-oh. you know, what do you guys think? Where would you guys be right now? What do you guys think you would be doing? Would you guys even be serving God? Because I know God used music would a you lot even to, serve to help God? me come in, you know, to, to start doing what I'm doing and to get me strong. But where would you guys be? Would you guys, you know what I'm saying, be in ministry? What, what would you guys be doing if you guys weren't doing well, this? Um, our mother raised us right. You know, she raised us to serve God. You have to read the Bible every day. You know, she kept us in line, and we'd be like, she "We don't want to read." She'd be like, "No, five chapters now." <laughs> so, um, three chapters in the New Testament. That's every right. So, you know, I know that we'd be serving God. Uh, I know that, but would be doing, I think that personally, I would be in school, but I think I would be rich. I really do. I really? think I would be a child prodigy. So um, you'd be rich. <laughs> like out collecting cans, or no? You know what I'm saying? No. I think Feeding I would be just. I would be um, heading the um, fashion industry at a young oh, age. I a really do. I'm not in kidding. In the fashion industry. Heading. Yeah, I think I would be really rich. I kind of have to agree with that. What about you? I would probably be in college. college? Um, probably studying medical. So medical? I want to be a pediatrician. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's smart thing. She wants to. She still yeah. wants to. She doesn't want to do this. School. Medical school yeah. also? I had before we out of Eden, I had my whole plan to do three-year undergrad pre-med and then to go into medical school <laughs> and god just said nope you go serve and me, god huh? just said nope well, that's good man well listen we want you guys to check out this next oh video my god. So- <laughs> 
Imagine like Destiny's Child going on TRL and Carson Daly is like, I, you know, imagine a world where you weren't doing this. And Beyonce's like, I'd be going to community college <laughs> in Houston yeah. somewhere. And I'd probably, you know, try to pick up some nursing shifts. And- I know. I mean, usually the kinds of answers people give are like, I wouldn't, I would only be doing this. This is all I want to do. Or I would have been doing something equally as <laughs> meaningless, I guess. <laughs> the but cor- then two of them are like, I would have been a doctor and I had a plan. It's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, and it's pretty I mean, present tense. It's not like I would yeah, have. It's like, like I will be. A I will be a pediatrician. They were still really young at this point. And oh, so they're just like little yeah. show ponies. And then kind uh, of. at another point, they were talking about how they really wanted to not do this group, and they they said we just didn't want to be homeschooled anymore. <laughs> we wanted to go to public school, and our mom was like, "No, you're going to be in this group." And I'm sure their mom is like not a demon. She's probably a great oh, lady, no. but it is. And we should love her like we should love Hitler. <laughs> like her mom is similar to Hitler. <laughs> Whoa! But uh, but it was just funny going through that and being like, oh, a lot of them kind of didn't even want this at all. And I think they would probably say now they don't regret it or anything. But no. it is funny when <laughs> when someone says doctor, you're kind of like, wow, nothing should have impeded that. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine being a successful singer instead of being a doctor. Yeah. Like there's so few. I mean, I guess Ken Jong would kind of be that like he was it or kind of still is yeah. a doctor. I think he keeps his license. But the yeah, the correct answer, the 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 clean, good press answer is honestly, I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> right. This is all I can do. Right. And and then for the Christian version, be like, all I can do is serve him through this. I don't have any other skill set. La, 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 you know. Yeah, or I would have been doing it one way or another. That's what you're supposed to do in this yeah. scenario. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, so Poor I girls. That kind of untrained answer was kind of interesting. But I mean, honestly, when I was reading through a lot of their interviews or listening to them, they're they're pretty straight-laced. They're pretty much the real deal. I mean, for the most part, they're always talking about God. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed at them like a bully laughing at Christian nerds. Bunch of nerds. But like, for example, um, ask, someone asked them like, what are you doing when you're not on the road or doing concerts? They said, they said, we're at church all the time. Oh. They said, mostly because we love church. We love praising God with a lot of people. We love to be preached to. We're the only ones. We loved to we be We believe that a big to. part of our walk is servanthood. We believe that we are never too big to serve. We also believe that when you're ministering to people, you're actually ministering to yourself. And I'm not I'm not laughing at their conviction or anything that's amazing. But it was just kind of like, these girls are, they're in it 100%. And it mm-hmm. was kind of cool to read that. I think I get cynical sometimes about these groups where like, Sometimes it seems like it's a little bit in service to the spectacle, but it's kind of refreshing sometimes even when they're a huge nerd ass dork to be like, I would still be at church and I really do love this and I really do believe it. Yeah. If it's genuine, it's genuine. Yeah. It, yeah. You don't get a sense of like, ah, Christian audiences are stupid. We'll do this. Yeah. Unless they're super well coached by mom and mom's like, you cannot stray from sure. the you know. You could, yeah, I, I think that that's there and I'm just mm, hope not but but I I think they I think they are really good people and and a lot of the messaging they were talking about too was um was talking about like helping young women and helping them with self-image and 
it's funny because this is like sort of a conservative Christian talking point, but it's become now a like progressive talking point of being like, you shouldn't be held up to the beauty standards of this world and your identity shouldn't be in your physical attraction and it shouldn't be how well you look on MTV or whatever. It should be about your like inherent worth. Isn't that funny? You've and mentioned they tie that before. It, yeah. And they tie it to, you know, because it's in God or whatever. Yeah. You're like, you're made in the image of God, but yeah. that is something I'm like- reiterating myself. Well, I just think, I think it's interesting enough to say again, like before Dove Soap was like, look at these normals that Christian women in particular positions did affirm. And of course it was underlined by a different kind of thing. Yeah. But that is interesting. Like the context in which a belief becomes progressive or Mm -hmm. marketable or not, Mm -hmm. like people who actually do preach well things about like the value and dignity and worth of men and women like kind of got the leg up on rape culture and a lot of kids you know like i know and it's complicated i think a lot of the time with these like complementarian gender role things that don't actually really help women at the end Mm -hmm, of the day mm -hmm. but there is this actually really helpful thing which is that like your body isn't the whole of who you are and you and that's good and you don't have to focus on that to be happy in life how are you spelling whole in that sentence (laughs) What? I'm so... In that case, it would be holes. (laughs) You're not the holes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I like they just talked about it a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is that kind of feel. This is the title track, More Than You Know. This left. We have to get to the chorus. Yeah, the chorus is good. <laughs> it's good the way we do it. Blow a big load. Blow a big cream in your jeans. This perspective makes it so they're like taunting Christian boys, like we're we're abstinent. We're gonna we're not gonna have sex with you. So you gotta blow a you're big o- load. Option. You gotta cream it. Jeez. Oh, these girls are bullies. Or maybe we're just the bullies. Um, this More song, than you know. Do you like this song? I like it. I don't oh, love good. it. Yeah. Oh, you don't love it. Okay. It's very. It's very soft feeling. Well, my thought with some of the production on this album is like, uh, I liked some of the beats, but sometimes it felt cheap. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. like it was recorded in like the church recording studio it's got basement. Got a little prepackaged feel sometimes. Yeah, for some of the loops and also, stuff. Also, no shade on my three girls who I love, but like you, their voices aren't extremely strong. No, one of them, and I'm glad I don't know which one, so I can't pick her out. But one of them's like very, uh, yeah, pitchy dog. Well, I would on say. their um, on their very end of the CD mm-hmm. of this outtake, the, I know you listened to this in the last. Oh track. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's when you a, hear them kind of isolate their vocals for a second, you're like, oh, that girl's not hitting the note. There's a hidden track on Then and Only Then, which is kind of their We Are the World song slash We're All Graduating High School song. Uh (laughs) Okay, so and and they just like play legit outtakes from a recording session. So let's listen to that. You brought the sunshine. Oh, it was from a different song. You brought 
than sunshine in my life. And now, it's just this line. It's just amazing. Because they're like 14. They're like, young. how old are they? I got a joy divine. Your love, it That's came nice. and changed my day. And now I'm glad to go your way. Yo, 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 yo. Okay, I think we're ready. You brought the sun. Oh, yeah, then they do a take. Oh, God. Goodness. They're so cute. Yeah, you know, I think. I think everyone should have outtakes on there. You know what? Why aren't albums more like those fun, silly movies where then you see the bloopies at the bloopers. end during the credits? I would love to hear like arcade fire bloopies where she's like, keep the car running. Oh, sorry. I would do too, it. Where, the, where you just hear them kind of like missing the beat or something like that. I yeah. think that'd be kind of fun. Stop taking yourself so seriously, Bono. We yeah, want to hear you. Yourself. We want to hear you cracking the edges Wanker. shit up. Wanker? <laughs> oh, books a trip to Ireland once. Start know, using about, wanker? I'm, I'm working it in now. Okay. So, so it sounds natural. Speaking of working it in, uh, let's talk. Let's play. What do you think, by the way, here's here's my question to you before what? we play whatever song you had planned. What do you think is the, because I have an answer, what do you think is the sexiest song on this album? Oh, great question. Um, let's see here. I'm going to play it. I'm going to see if ours is the same answer. Okay. Oh yeah, honey. The 5 p.m. service is wrapped up. They're sweeping the communion crumbs off the floor. Grabbing those little tiny plastic cups. The pastor catches your eye. Oh, I hope not. And he says, "I'm a widow now. I'm single, so it's okay. But would you like to pray with me?" I have an alternate. Both get on our knees for this chorus. What's that? When we get there. Oh, okay, this is called "It's Me." This is a. Uh, it is a sexy song. It's super sexy. So it's all written from the perspective of God. Yes. The, the song is called. Isn't our breathiness right here? It's me. From our Lord. It's me. <laughs> Hi. It's me. They also have a song called It's You on a later album. I'm not they kidding. <laughs> Caroline's looking at me like, huh? Huh? Piss huh? pee. Uh, yeah, that's a very hot song. I didn't even I didn't I'm, think about it that way. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm horny. Speaking of Virgin, they do talk about this in that in that interview that oh, um, yes, I yes, yes, you. Let's yes, play yes, it at 520. Let's play a little clip <laughs> about being a virgin. Gosh, this is the, the way this guy interviews. Is admirable, and we should be more like him. I inspire. How do you guys deal, like, with temptation? For example, you know, we get a lot of letters from kids, peer pressure. How do you guys deal with, like, the sex and drugs type thing? I know for me, I try to carry men of God with me everywhere I go. Don't try to go by myself, so I don't put myself in that situation. They hold my dick you guys, back. I know that you two are married, so the sex thing's a little bit not as bad for y'all. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> but how about he loves you? That. How do you deal with it? You know, it's really... 
It's kind of easier because we're on the road. We don't have time to like be at home. Get road strange. So Michael Tate There's those times when you're at home and you get tired and you get just like, I need something new. And you kind of are like, man, I can't be doing what everyone else is doing. I'm mad. You know what I mean? And uh, especially when I was in high school and like the ninth grade, I went to high school. And it was a lot harder there. It was like, you know, it's harder to be the only one, to be the only one standing firm. And you want to. I think a lot of men were standing firm. Well, I never want to do drugs, but, (laughs) you know, all those things. Yeah. God really preserved me and he preserved my body. You know, thank God I'm a virgin today. And and I just, but I know there was a lot of pressure. There really was. And I know that a lot of people are dealing with that. And I would just say, hold on to what God says. You know, we can't be passive. We can't be lukewarm. We have to live fully for God. And that is resisting all temptation. Yeah. Just one of those questions that uh, you really only get when you're in Christian music. How do you deal with not boning and being a virgin? All How the time? are you a virgin? Oh, that's a question I get now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also bi- podcasting your business. Um, but but anyway, it's uh, <sighs> it's interesting. Like how they're all. They're pretty ready for that question. They seem pretty primed to talk about it, too. Because you had to be. Because you had to be. And I think at the time, too, it was just like a big concern that everyone had. And it still is. But I think it was just like a very vocal concern to be kind of like anti premarital sex. That's why I appreciate honesty from people like Jennifer Knapp, uh, who came out as queer later in her life. And she said, like, they want me to do the true love weights thing. I wasn't a virgin. I wasn't comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, so many of these people aren't. It yeah, sounds it's like... A, it's like a rock and a hard... It's a really difficult position to be in. Of like, say Kevin. that again? <laughs> no, say I'm not going to say it again. It's a rock and a... Standing firm. It's a, but, a rock and a me place. <laughs> That's pretty good. But it's, you know, you either, most of them probably, you know, do believe in that to some extent. So you either come out and like say, I support this ideology or you betray your guilt if you don't. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't hold it against it for a lot of these artists to be like, oh, yeah, I guess uh, ATM. Can I ask you a personal question that we can cut out later? Okay. If someone asked you like questions like this when you were 17 or 16, how would you have responded? When you were not dating or oh, you weren't yeah. in a relationship? Probably something pretty similar. I don't think I would have been as... <laughs> they're, a little, they're a little preachy, these three. They go into uh, kind of pastory mode with this kind of stuff where they're not very approachable and they just get very, you know, covering yourself with the word is like, come on. Anyway. Yeah, chill out. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, uh, I think I've, I probably would have said, I, I had the same beliefs. I think I would have said something like, that's not for me. I want to experience that in this kind of relationship, yada, yada, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't, have you, wouldn't you? Yeah, I probably would have. I think May- I would have been very careful to be like, for me, this is what I believe. But I you would have said it. for me. Yeah, you would have made it like a, a personal like this is just what works for me. Yeah, because I think I would have said, I "Well, I know a big part of it too was remembering at the time thinking like it's just way too young to start having sex. Like I just felt so young, and to me that anyone in my peer group was having sex was just like you're so young. How do you know what you're doing? I do feel like an old man when I'm like you're too young to be sending dick pics. <laughs> Back in my day, we had to send dick pics by courier. Oh boy. <laughs> smoke signal i wonder like how many times though they felt empowered to be like hey i don't really want to answer that question it's pretty personal 
You They're know? playing the it was game. Pretty inappropriate. Like, you know, they sold a quarter that. million. They sold over a million albums yeah. total in their career. They were nominated for Dove Awards. I'm sure. I wish they could feel that way, but I'm sure they were also like, "Why would I be ashamed of it? This is what I believe." You know, yeah. that doesn't feel too personal. Uh, let's talk about you brought the sunshine. My guess is that this is your favorite. Am I right? It was the most memorable to me on the album. I think. It was the one that had the most, uh, no, <laughs> my favorite might be coming up later. Okay. I was listening to this while jogging on a treadmill in which the sun was blaring straight into my <laughs> eyes. And I was so pissed off. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's the Lord being like, no, this is still annoying. I hate this. <laughs> God is trying to show you be mad. I don't yeah, I was mad. You brought the sunshine. Wait, what's your least favorite? What do you think of this song? Oh, this is nice. I want to feel this. It is such a tame song, though. Yeah, sunshine. So cute. So to me, yeah, this is some point of grace shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And I think they kind of brought it up, or at least I was reading that in the encyclopedia, that they started to have issues with their own image saying that like we're getting kind of this like whitewashed thing where they're trying to make us into the Spice Girls and it's just not working it's not really us and it's not the music we want to do um well when black people are like when black women in particular are are like the most horrifically treated demographic in just mainstream entertainment culture I don't know if the place where you would thrive would be Christian CCM exactly A woman singing about being confused. <laughs> We're allowed to be confused. I think it's actually pretty right there. I like that part. Yeah, it's pretty, but the message is like, you're an idiot if you don't love God. You're like confused. 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 I'm so confused. That should be a drop on this show anytime we get to like a really tough theological issue a tough spot I'm so confused I'm confused or whenever you're wrong about something I, well I guess whenever I'm wrong about something yeah. specifically yeah that sounds right <laughs> I'm so confused it's an anthem to not having a clear opinion yeah. about something well, I thought it was more of like oh there's so much going on culturally it's difficult to like keep things straight you could take away the sorrow and emptiness inside but to be true the life I'm living it's hard to let go I've spent my whole life learning. There's so much I don't know. What a dream to have three women talk, like just <laughs> crying out how confused they are. You could imagine men in the crowd going like, yeah, you yeah, are. That's right. 
Uh, I see what you're saying, but I think they're they're allowed to be confused. I think, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying contextually. Yeah. Uh, Caroline, are you sure you're not being confused about what I'm saying right now? I just don't really understand. Sometimes your words are so big. <laughs> and I like that you think that. <laughs> what am I playing next? Can't let go? A great love. Oh, the techno breakdown I'm sure you like a lot like this sounds like garage band to me see I can't tell if it's nostalgia or not I can no like it may is like 90s versus 80s beats. Everyone's using 80s beats now and trap drums. It's like 80 cents and trap drums. But this is like we're not gonna bring we're not gonna bring the app. Like we're not gonna bring that like laser gun like sound. Space back. age sound. Yeah. It is the sound that plastic makes when you like pull it into a string. Yeah. I did not like this song because I thought the sound was so ugly. I'm sorry. Is that heartbreaking? <laughs> I'm pretty. Th- I loved singing this, but I also am pretty sure I never learned these lyrics. Na 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 I think it's confused because of the novelty of it. Or, really? Or um, blow a big cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I, can I tell you a fun fact I learned about them in research? Please. In 1999, Out of Eden became the first civilians allowed to perform in war-torn Kosovo and Bosnia when they were airlifted to a number of army bases for a series of USO shows. Oh, my God. <laughs> like... Like, Why what are you a, dropping these girls in there? What a historic... Yeah. In 99, <laughs> they're probably like 18. Hey, this is I too mean, young. They're tough. Oh. Goatee Records was p- putting them in war-torn countries. Pumping out beauty, putting in wars. Okay, I want to play maybe the... Uh, this one I do love a lot. This can't let go. This is then and only then. Oh, yeah. Not soon and very soon. It's then and only then. So imagine this is very much like a, your church solo song. This is the projector screen is coming down, and you see a slideshow, a hastily put together slideshow of all the seniors in the youth group who are graduating this year. And there's three girls on the stage singing a tribute to them as they all slowly come up and sit at the foot of the stage. Like Jeff's pictures come up. We love you, Jeff. It sounds like an in memoriam almost. <laughs> yeah. Or no, it's more it's more goodbye yellow brick road, I think. It is senior classes. They've multiplied their voices like three times. It's great. Alright, before we rate the album, we'll play the end of that interview. 
that you marked. Before we go, you know, us here at Real Videos, we don't just believe in just doing the show and letting everybody go because there's a lot of kids out there that are hurting and, you know, that are on their way to hell. And we believe, you know, oh. in, in leading kids to Christ on this show. So if anybody's on the way to hell, like Dennis Quaid, and you want to ask him to come into your heart, it's real easy. All you have to do is say a prayer, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So Danielle's going to say a prayer here. Is it? Or you are. I will. Okay, Danielle. And I just want you to repeat the words and remember that you're not praying uh -huh. to her, praying to us, or to anyone Fumbling in your home, but you're praying one on one with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's right. So, right now, everybody yeah. just bow your heads and go ahead and lead us in this totally. prayer. All right, just close your eyes and right. The camera guy's Father getting God. so close. I want to commit my life to you. He's zooming in. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. Just and I'm wait, tired of like, being who you don't want me to be. Father, I want to turn my life over to you. I want to give it all to you. And I want to live just like you. Father, I accept you into my heart. Please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins. I repent. And I ask, God, that you would just cover them with your blood. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. If you just did that, we want to welcome to you. You're a Christian you now. The of God. They start clapping. The angels are rejoicing right now. <laughs> and once again, we want to tell you guys thank you. If you guys have any questions or if you guys just email www.tbn.org, that's not an email address. What the hell? So they just do like their little altar call on TV and then they're like, all right, if you prayed that prayer, uh, check, send us a note to our P.O. box. Thanks so much. Clap, clap, clap. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> That was a lot. Yeah, he really crammed that in there. All right, let's let's give our final judgments. I Caroline. want you to go first because I'm curious of what you thought. We know how this works. If you, the listener, a first time listener, welcome to the 70th episode of Good Christian Fun. We give it a holy toast, <laughs> or holy roast, or space between. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's again toast, roast, space between. <laughs> toast, roast, space, space between. between. Toast, rose, space between. Toast, rose, space between. Oh, we just ended in hell. As we all will we listening to this. all will, unless you prayed that prayer. Well, listen, I went into this with an open heart. Thank you. And an open mind. I tried to do the work, digging out an old CCM magazine issue with the girl's uh, picture on the front. Uh, and can you, actually, can you hand that to me? Can you hand me the magazine? Because I want to read the cover of it, which is R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to out of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> which I think the connection there is that Aretha Franklin is black and that mm. these girls are also black. So good job, CCM. Yep. In a, a solo artist to solo artist. That's right. No relation. In a 2004 issue that described one of the girls as articulate. Well-spoken. Well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden style. But also mentioning the difficulties they had with uh, getting like acceptance for racial reasons. In it. Oh, so it's sure. Like, sort of almost there. Yeah, nothing's one thing. They said they were too CCM for R&B, too R&B for CCM. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, we listened to River on our episode with Mary Stone. We yeah. were looking for the best Christian song of all time. I love River. I haven't seen River in my head since we did the episode that as much again? as Shackle. When the river runs, flowing to the sea, and I ask my D, and I'm Bradley Cooper. <laughs> um, listen to this album like maybe three or four times all the way through, looking through the lyrics and stuff. Yeah. I was taken aback at how generic 
the production is on a lot of this. And then when it was fun for me, it was when they were singing about being confused or doing an in memoriam for all the seniors who died in the youth group <laughs> from the closing album track. But there's a there's an interesting level of authenticity probably in how God soaked <laughs> their whole lives are. Yeah. And I want to have respect for that. But that being said, I did listen to tracks on their other albums and I found myself enjoying their other albums a lot. Yeah. And this album I enjoyed not as much. I did not dislike it. I just thought it was exceedingly fine. And I think this is one of the strangest takes I've ever had because I think all the music we do on this show, I'm like, yeah, holy toast <laughs> to everything. <laughs> to stuff that I know in my heart of hearts is like not, not good, good music. <laughs> but this, I like, I was really trying to bring myself there. Even compared to Trinity 5-7, I was like, that's not... It's not better than Trinity. Like, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it didn't even measure up to that. But because of the holistic picture I have of them mm-hmm. as artists, I give them a space between. I do not give them a roast. Okay. They are not roast worthy, but I could not in good heart and conscience, which is, this podcast is about integrity more yeah. than anything. Yeah. I could not give them the full toast. So wow. that's my take. I hope that doesn't hurt you. It, it doesn't hurt me. I'm so glad you stuck to your principles on this one. Mm-hmm. I know I can always count you to do that. Um, I I could have been convinced if I you know, were really giving me the hard stuff. I understand because upon listening myself, even I, mm-hmm. with my nostalgia glasses mm-hmm. and my love for them, I, I can tell we're like, there's something pleasing about this album to me and that I think the music is nice but it's neutered and it's like a little bit yeah just kind of like ah. that's kind of how it sounds oh that's a good noise for yeah. like how you yeah. 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 And uh, um, yeah, and I think even like you said, a lot of their lyrics are so nondescript that it doesn't even incite like curiosity <laughs> for the most part. No, and I was pouring through it like, okay, what's the weird thing here? No. Confused was funny. Yeah. But for the rest of it, I was like, huh? Yeah, it's not even <sighs> that like experimental. And so, uh, and I think they're just young too, so their voices aren't really there yet. And I think they they develop and they get better later on. <laughs> In fact, the the I was looking at like an Instagram story for one of them where they sang together some of their old songs and they're just so much better now. Like they all have like come into their voices a yeah, lot more. Yeah, because they're not little kids. They're little kids, yeah. And, you know, they weren't like, I think, super prodigies in the first place. But anyway, so I can understand how you feel about that. I think I'm just going to have to give it a toast because to. it's so connected to uh, that time in my life and living in Michigan in like the late 90s and then like almost into the early 2000s and like how that uh, style and that time frame has become so relevant right now at least like the aesthetic of it it's yeah. kind of fun to remember that and be in it again and be like this is when it was real and or it was plastic and <laughs> we all really like sat on plastic couches and it wasn't because it was plastic retro couches oh my gosh. <laughs> like inflatable couches oh i remember them yeah. yeah um so holy toast and i think uh even just getting to know them and reading up on them, I think they're the real deal. I probably would have some disagreements with them on, on stuff here and there. But I like them, and I feel like I can trust them. So I'm sticking to my principle there. I do like that one of their last concerts that they ever put on was at Focus on the Family. Oh, man. 
It was like that hymns concert. They put out a, a cover album of hymns. Yeah. It's just them singing a bunch of hymns. Everyone gets around to the hymns eventually. I guess so. I didn't think <laughs> bands like this thing. would. Like imagine Jump 5 putting out like old gospel standards. Like, yeah. Like imagine the, the kids in Jump 5 doing like, wait in, in the, the water. water. I could see them doing like a package of period- <laughs> patriotic songs. Like old totally. Americana. Battle hymn of the Republic. <laughs> yeah. Grand old flag. All right. Out of Eden. Well, listen. Listeners, we're not the final word. You are. Go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and get out there. You can vote. Give it a roaster toast. Get out there and... Pokemon, go to the polls. All my Eves, all my Adams out there, you know what to do. Hit the toast button on this one. Come on, guys. Let's go <laughs> to church. <laughs> oh, we'll do that later. That was really good. You know what? I did have a segment plan oh. for the second part of this. But we've been going a good while, and we did go over time last week. Yeah. So instead of doing that, let's do a mini, mini segment based on a thing you just said, which is out of Eden. Kind of sounds like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> let's go through some bands or artists we've covered on the show. Ooh, okay. Exchange them back and forth, and yeah. the other has to come up with a sound of what you think they sound like okay. in, in one word in one wordless sound yeah who is this band who is this short artist? sound i'll start with you okay amy grant <laughs> so you're just singing the song i know but it is right isn't it yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> okay five iron frenzy <laughs> <laughs> You know what mine would be? What? <laughs> Lauren Daigle. <laughs> wow. Had a lot of first thoughts. Yeah, I know. Actually, you know what? <laughs> you have a clip? Well, we do need to check in with, hey, what's going on with Lauren Daigle? Oh, yeah, let's do that segment. <laughs> Lauren Daigle is headlining Jazz Fest in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> oh man because remember she's craving as she said in the billboard interview jazz. she is craving jazz i'm craving jazz so that's what's going on with lauren daigle Look up, <laughs> good for her caroline um, and i continue to send each other her instagram stories mostly you to be that's honest mostly me yeah um, Am I Helga and she's Hey Arnold? A little bit. I think so. I think I think if I talked with her, I'd be like, so what are you doing after this? <laughs> you think she's rad? I you'd, would, start, you'd start only going barefoot. Can stuff. you imagine if this podcast ends with me and Laura Daigle <laughs> together? Uh, I think she's a little young for you. How old is she, 20? For, for my te- no, 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 no. She's like 24 or 5. Oh, okay, yeah, right in the pocket. <laughs> I pretend to not know her exact age. I think she's... Uh, <laughs> I think her birthday is like uh, somewhere in October. Like in 1988 I or something think? like that. I don't know. Um. Okay, give me another one. Okay, uh, let's... <laughs> Shonda Pierce. Shonda Pierce? Yeah, not a musical artist. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that it's was like a great. vowel sound. That was great. It's a diphthong. No. Um, okay, Kevin Carman. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Plus one. Uh, oh yeah, that was good. 
Rebecca St. James. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, for you, Caroline, Michael W. Smith. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that's him on the half pipe. Woo. Woo. Oh boy. Call back to uh, <laughs> Ross Campbell. 61 episodes ago. Yeah. That was 61 weeks ago wow, on the Good the Christian Fun number? Part. Yeah, that was episode number nine. Good for you. Because I love Ross, and there's a song called Love Potion number nine. That was number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty normal and cool. All right. Now it's time to bring it down to Clown. It's time to bring it down to Clown into our meditative space, a prayerful space, a space where, as Demi pointed out last week, you can see the band walking off the stage, except for the one guy who's stuck up there doing keyboard stuff (laughs) until the pastor's done. We all know how this works. We lift things up. We lift up what we're enjoying and where people can find us and promoting our projects. That's right. Um, You can promote me. Right on up to heaven at Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. (sighs) (laughs) And um, I'd like to lift up some media I've been consuming. Okay. And uh, one is Killing Eve, which Kevin, you told me about. Oh, you're welcome for the lick. Yeah, I'd kind of sort of written it off. It seemed like shows that I'm not that interested in. Um, Well, I remember you saying to me, hey, Kevin... I saw Crazy Rich Asians. I think I'm good for the year. I did. I <laughs> say that. I will not take that racial slander. Oh my god. I um, no, I thought it was offensive. Like <laughs> again, I don't I don't up. like that. Um, but it is such a good show. It's like a really good um I would describe it as a, a more bubblegum big little lies. Like a like the style. I think check that show out. It's really fun. And then another thing I want to lift up is The Favorite. You all heard of it. You know it's got Oscar noms. It's a really good movie. It's such a delightful movie. I feel like a lot of people didn't see it, and I'm surprised. And no, it's not because I'm obsessed with Emma Stone that I went to go see it. It's hey. all the reason I went to go see uh, it. Whatever. It's me, Emma Stone. That's yeah, not I'm in this talks. movie. <laughs> That's Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I guess I'm the favorite now or whatever, Mr. White. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Emma Stone. <laughs> I'm La La Land, y'all. <laughs> yeah, Excuse your me. female impressions need some work. No, I don't want it. Whatever you're about to do, I don't like it. I'm very gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I love it. <laughs> you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I'm going to lift up if Beale Street could talk. Because that movie... uh Bill Street rocked. Uh, Bill Street rocks. Hey, if Bill Street could talk, you know what I'd say? He'd say, I'm a fucking good movie. Is <laughs> that <laughs> the F word? I did. That's not that's off brand for me. Maybe I'll delete it. Oh, that's cool. You know, uh if Bill you know what it would say? I'm a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you see it say it like I know, a, I haven't seen it. I like keep a little like, boy that I keep people putting want me it off read. and I feel like I just need to go see it. It's probably gonna I'm love it. Uh and listen to Maisel Goys, I guess. Oh, and if you're in the L.A. area, 
Because I don't know who listens to what podcast anymore. If you're in the LA area, uh, we're doing a show. Maisel Goyes is doing a show at Dynasty Typewriter. And this is how I find on March out. March 23rd. Unbelievable. We're going to do like a, it's going to be a podcast stand up hybrid the way we're conceiving it right now, which is hilarious to do at this venue where, like, oh yeah, Hannah Gatsby's on <gasps> like two weeks before. <laughs> Wait, what day is it? It's March the 23rd. We'll put me down. I timed it so you're out I'll of time. I'll buy a ticket. <laughs> March 23rd? March 23rd. Hey, to toy toy toy. you a good... So go go see if Beale Street could talk. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Oh, she's taking the reins. Taking the reins. Listen, I've got my out of Eden power. All right, try to do it as fast as possible without stuttering or slurring the words. You know I can't do that. But try. (sighs) But I want you to try for my amusement. I don't like that. That's not nice. You're a bully. Try it. You can lift us up everywhere at Christian Fun Pod. Go to our Spotify playlist where you can hear every song. For every review on iTunes, we'll be donating a dollar to charity. This month's charity is St. Jude's Hospital. By the way, thank you to everyone that gave us suggestions. We asked you for um, your own charities that you're interested in. If you'd still like to send them in, you're welcome to. You can email us. Or you can start one. At what? Oh, yeah, or start one. Uh, goodchristianfun at gmail.com if you have a suggestion. Um, we do one a month, so we won't be able to get to all of them, but um, I really appreciate everyone that came through with their ideas. You all have some great stuff. What do I say now? Yeah. <laughs> it's strange to be, you know, it's like being in the passenger seat after driving for so long. And all of Pod's people well, said. Well, usually I would go, blah, 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 thank you so much. Oh, we couldn't have done without you. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm actually really excited for next week's guest. Blow a big love. What are we going out on? Should we go out on that? Yeah. Actually, I want to go out on river. Can we go on river? Is that okay? Let's slide down a river. And there's nothing left to say except for an olive pod's people said a. Give me a break here. You go too fast for me. (laughs) Freedom. Hey, did you like doing it by ourselves? It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. I felt a little more space to uh, not p- make people laugh every other second. Yeah, or like make people feel comfortable. Not like I've ever done that in my life. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I like hanging out with you, Kev. All right, we'll see you next week on Good Christian Fun. Bye. Goodbye, my beautiful boys and girls. Oh, hey y'all, it's me, Amy Grant. Okay, episode 70. Wow. They're still going at it. <laughs> you know, part of me thought, oh, maybe after, you know, 69, that old 69 episode, they'd hang it up and be like, you know what? We're done. But no, they keep on trucking, and Amy just keeps on doing these outros for free. Okay, I'm not bitter. Next week on GCF, they are going to talk about, Kevin and Caroline are going to talk about Third Day, that band Third Day, their album Come Together, uh, you know, because they thought, yeah, there's that Beatles song Come Together, but come on, there can be two Come Togethers, y'all, all right. Okay, that's next week on GCF, Amy, Mother, and Grant, over and out. That was a HeadGum Podcast.